and welcome to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. Welcome back to our continuing study on the pastoral epistles. This is the study on 1st and 2nd Timothy and the book of Titus. We now join in progress part 7 of our continuing study. Then 1st Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10 tells us, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. That scripture opens up with this statement, for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach. Remember, he's talking to Timothy, a young preacher. He's telling him why we suffer reproach in this world and why we labor in this world. The message that God's men labored to get to us and the message that we labor to give to others. The message that we suffer reproach from this world. Listen, if you give men what the world says, you won't have any problem with the world. But if you give men thus saith the Lord and with the authority of thus saith the Lord, then you're going to have problems because the world's going to not like us very much. They're going to slam the door in our face. They'll cuss us out. Men can be very rude when it comes to sharing the gospel with them or telling them what the word of God says. Saved and lost alike can be that way. Saved people get upset when you preach the truth of the word of God. Well, if the saved get upset, I guarantee you that the world will get upset. Jesus labored. He came into this world and labored to bring salvation to us. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 says that the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. My, how he endured the ridicule of men, the blasphemy of men. But he just went on down the line and just did the job that he was sent here to do. And on the cross, he cried, it is finished. He finished the task. That, the, that, that God the Father had sent him to do. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4 says, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Jesus gave himself to deliver us from this present evil world. And this he did because it was the will of God. God our Father. If he labored to get the gospel to us, then we should labor to get the gospel to others. Jesus suffered the reproach of man. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 13 says, Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. This world system is and always will be anti-God and pro-Satan. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 tells us, whom the, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan keeps this world blind to the truth of the word of God. This world hates the message of salvation by grace. Because man doesn't want to believe that he can't work his way to heaven. He doesn't want to believe that salvation is by grace through faith alone. 
This world hates the message of salvation and hates our Savior. Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 25, But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. What wrong did he do? Even Pilate said, why? What wrong hath he done? Pilate said over and over, I find no fault in this just man. I find no fault in him. Yet the world hated him. Well, if they hated him, even though they couldn't find fault, then they've got plenty that they could find fault with us. But if we serve the Lord, the world's going to hate us. John chapter 15 and verse 18, Jesus said, If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. Why do they hate us? They hate the testimony that we give because they hate our Savior. They hate the message of salvation. Men didn't speak well of Jesus. Well, if they speak well of us, we're in a heap of trouble. Luke chapter 6 and verse 26 says, Woe unto you. You realize anytime God says, Woe, that's not good news? When all men shall speak well of you, for so their fathers, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Those that were speaking smooth words, easy words, those that were speaking what men wanted to hear. The false prophets, just like a lot of false preachers today, speak smooth words, easy words, words that fit what men want to believe. Find out which way the world is going and get out in front and be the leader. These are men who go about to, to please man. Well, if we're going to labor for the Lord, then we're going to suffer the reproach of man. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. So what's, what am I in business to do to please men? I'm the servant of Christ. If I seek to please men, that proves I'm not serving the Lord. I'm serving men. When I live to please the Savior, then I become a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardness. Put up with the hard times. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Soldiers certainly don't entangle themselves with the affairs of this life. Why? That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. We serve to please our commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ. We don't serve to please other men. We give the orders he gives. We give the message he gives. All that we do, we're to do because we trust in the living God. We don't trust men. 
We don't trust what men say. We trust what the Word of God says. You see, when we trust God, we abandon trust in ourselves. Psalm chapter 118 and verse 8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man and taking God's righteousness. It's better to trust the Lord than to trust man, and that includes ourselves. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. Think about that. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Not a very good view of man, is it? We all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. That's our condition outside of Jesus Christ. And if you're not saved, that's your condition today. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 and 3 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Paul said, I give everything I've got to win Israel to Christ. He says, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. You may have a zeal for God, but that doesn't prove that you're saved. The proof that we're saved is that we live for God. The proof to that, we, that we are saved is that we do that which is right in the eyes of God. And we know that our righteousness is nothing. That we need His. His righteousness replaces our righteousness. Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 7 tells us, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. We don't trust our flesh. We don't trust other men's flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, Paul says. Then he goes out on to outline what he might have confidence in. If other men, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof, he might trust in the flesh. Paul says, I more. Here's all my good works, circumcised the eighth day, he says, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. These are all my good works, he says. But then he goes on and says this, but what things were gained to me, all those good works, those I counted loss for Christ. He said, I set aside all the good things that men see in me, and I put them all aside. They're but dung to me, he says in another passage of Scripture. But he said, I put thrown them out, and I've counted them loss because 
have counted them lost for Christ. The righteousness that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ is far greater than any righteousness I have, and it's the only righteousness that will get me into heaven. It is the only righteousness that gives me security. For it's the blood of Jesus Christ by which I have been saved and redeemed and washed clean. That's the offense of the cross. That's why men don't like the preaching of the cross. Galatians chapter 6, verse 12 to 16, Paul says, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. The whole purpose of men trying to get us to keep the law is so they can glory in our flesh. But God forbid, Paul says, that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'm going to glory, but I'll grow glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. Those that walk according to this rule, that the cross of Christ is what I glory in. Those that walk according to this rule, that in the cross I have been crucified to the world, and the world has been crucified to me. Well, those that walk in that rule, there's peace and mercy from God. Man prefers a system that is a system of works rather than a system of faith. Because man wants to save himself, so his flesh looks good. But it's when you realize your flesh is no good, and only what Jesus Christ has done is worth anything. He goes on to say, who is the Savior? speaking of Jesus Christ, of all men. Jesus Christ is the Savior of all men. This cancels out Calvinism. Well, you say, why? Because he says he's the Savior of all men. Not just the elect, but all men. Now, you can argue that, you can argue that that means only the elect. But that's not what it says. Did you get that? The living God is the Savior of all men, and there is no other Savior than He. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 21 says, Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient times? Who's told us ahead of time what's going to happen? Who hath told it from that time? 
He says, have not I the Lord? You know it because God's revealed it. And he says, and there is no God else beside me. That means there's no other God than, than the God of heaven and earth. The God of Israel, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, there is no other God beside him. He says, a just God and a Savior, and there is none beside me. The only way of salvation is through the way that God has ordained, and that's through our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we get it now. Don't miss it whereby we must be saved. Only through the Lord Jesus Christ is there salvation. Outside of him, there is no salvation. Potentially, potentially, he has paid the debt for all men. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2 says, he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. So on the cross of Calvary, Jesus paid the debt with his blood, not only for my sin, not only for the sins of everybody who's believed on him, but for the sins of the whole world. That, again, cancels out your Calvinism. Now, you can argue again that that means the holy elect world, but that's not what it says. Potentially, then, salvation is available to all men. But it's only effective in those that believe. Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. The Philippian jailer, brings Paul and Silas out and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Now what happens if you don't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? John chapter 3 tells us that the wrath of God abides on us when we don't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The wrath of God abides on us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, month in and month out, year after year after year, and right on into eternity. If we don't trust Christ, Acts chapter 13 and verse 38 through 39, the scripture says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things, from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. I was just talking last night to my son, the pastor of our church. And I was telling him this amazing thing. There were some things in the Old Testament that men could not be forgiven for. 
But in the New Testament, we can be forgiven. Not only are we forgiven, but justified. The moment we trust Christ, we are justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we're justified from all things. John 5 and verse 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Since I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, I have passed from death unto life. If you've believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you have passed from death unto life. If you haven't trusted Christ, you're yet dead in your sins. And according to the book of Ephesians, without hope, without God, only in Jesus Christ do we have hope. Only through Jesus Christ are we accepted by God. John chapter 1, verses 11 through 13 tells us that Jesus came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That even to them that believe takes the believe and shoves it right out in front of receiving him. Because if you don't believe on him, how can you receive him? Then he goes on and says, which were born. When we receive him, we are born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. We become God's child. We have been born again, just as Jesus said, ye must be born again. 1 John chapter 5, verses 10 through 13 tells us, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. He's made God a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Why have you made God a liar? Because you don't believe the record that God gave of his Son. Well, what's that record? Well, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And that life is in his son. If you want that eternal life, you've got to have the son. In fact, he goes on to say, he that hath the son of God hath life. That's eternal life, remember. He that hath not the son of God hath not eternal life. These things, he says, have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. These are written to believers, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. God wants me to know I'm saved and keep trusting the Savior. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast on the pastoral epistles. Before you hit that exit button, how about take some time and leave us a comment or maybe a prayer request or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. 
And don't forget to subscribe to the John Cook Ministries podcast. And you will get the next lesson just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. God bless.